What the F and What, Episode 5, Tax Advice, A Poopy Myers, Throwing Your Kids in a Trunk, and Girl Scout Cookies. Welcome to What the F and What. I'm Dave Worthens. And I'm Angela Clark. So, two weeks have gone by, and it's time for another one of these podcast things that we do. And let's see, there have been, um, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since we've last chatted. Yeah, so there was a national football championship game in which the Georgia Bulldogs defeated the Alabama Crimson Tide 33-18, to breaking their 41-year drought of national championships. It was such an amazing win that someone gave them the wrong hats at the end of the game. <laughs> Seriously, the dude had one job to do, and he opened the wrong box. Wah, wah. Yeah, and you know the the weird thing is, it took them like fifteen minutes to figure that out. Some of their faces when they found out they were wearing Alabama hats was were hilarious. Right, and uh, we had the final AP football rankings, and uh, in both the AP. And the coaches poll, our beloved Michigan Wolverines finished third in the nation, well ahead of the Spartans and Notre Dame and that other school down south. Go Blue. Go Blue. It is good to have three Big Ten teams in the top 10 of those polls, though, and four Big Ten teams in the top 25. Indeed. And even the Lions found a way to beat the the Green Bay Packers in the final game of their season, which means Aiden Hutchinson probably won't get drafted by the Lions since that win cost them the first draft pick. Yay! Um, Oh, and Adele released her latest music video for Oh My God on the interwebs. Yeah, and, uh, and and overall, it's a pretty hot track, and uh, I've been including it in my trivia sets lately. But more importantly than that, we've reached that time of the year where Girl Scout cookie sales have begun. And I've got to tell you, that makes me really excited about today's show, because we're going to meet one of the foremost Girl Scout cookie experts. Wait, world's foremost expert? I think maybe you're bragging just a tad bit because you're her dad. Yeah, and dads get to do that. She might not admit it, but Christiana's been kind of excited about joining the podcast today to talk about cookies and to talk about the Girl Scout Honor Guard. And I'm excited about cookies. I placed my order this week. So let's get on with the effing thing so I can get my cookies. First story up comes to us through our special correspondent, Amanda Fisher, who really knows her stuff when it comes to filing federal taxes because she reads all about the IRS when she's not following the WTA, the ITF, or the ATP. You know, the tennis tours, stuff like that. And by the way, let's give Amanda a round of applause for her recent promotion with the National Federation of Independent Businesses, or the NFIB. She's now the state director for Michigan NFIB, and I tell you, it is very, very well-deserved. Anyway, on to the story. Here's the headline. Stole something? IRS says stolen property and bribes must be reported as income. Did you steal a car in 2021? How about taking a bribe? If you did, the IRS says to make sure you report it on your taxes. 
Those provisions went viral a couple weeks back following a tweet from the IRS alerting taxpayers to those somewhat surprising requirements to note the value of your ill-gotten gains. The tweet from at Lit Capital reads, Tax season is around the corner. Remember to report your income from illegal activities and stolen property to the IRS. The requirements can be found at irs.gov amid other missives to report income earned from jobs in the gig economy and what to do about taxable alimony payments. According to the IRS, quote, if you steal property, you must report its fair market value to your income in the year you steal it unless you return it to its rightful owner in that same year. So what do you do if you're dealing drugs or caught up in other crimes? Well, in that case, the IRS says, jot your earnings on, on line 8Z, Schedule 1 of your 1040 form, or on Schedule C if from your self-employment activities. And don't forget to report any bribes or kickbacks you took in the course of doing business. Kickbacks also go on Schedule 1 or Schedule C, while, I, while the IRS says bribes should be simply included in your income. Needless to say, Twitter went off. If I steal a bunch of TVs from Walmart and a homeless man steals them from me, can I write that off as a loss? One tweet said. The IRS confirmed that the provisions are on its website, and that's all they have to say about that. It really makes me wonder if anyone actually did report those things on their income taxes, if they would go after them. I think that's how they caught Rockefeller back in the 70s. Potentially. And who knows, maybe this is where they'll catch one of the Trump kids or something, um, or maybe Rudy Giuliani or Rebecca or yeah, Rebecca Carone, whatever her name is. Melissa Carone. Yeah, her. <laughs> the crazy lady from SNL. Come on, isn't she your favorite candidate for state representative? Of all the people who have filed so far, I can tell you she is on the list of people I will not be able to vote for. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, what the F and what, IRS. So our next story comes out of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, Dave's favorite place on earth. Boo hiss, but go Broncos. Of course. Um, and our friend Charlie Brown Root, our special correspondent, sent us this article from NBC 25 News um, that a Meyer employee splashed another employee with a jar full of feces and urine. Gross. Yeah. So police in Mount Pleasant say a Meyer employee splashed another employee with a jar filled with fecal matter and urine. According to a police report for the Mount Pleasant Police uh, Department of Public Safety, sorry, the incident happened last Thursday. An employee told police that another employee splashed a jar full of human feces and urine all over their pants and shoes. A manager with the Meyer store told police the employee admitted to the incident and was fired immediately. Police say that photos of the scene were taken but are not being distributed. The case has been turned over to the city attorney's office. What the hell is happening at the Mount Pleasant Myers? Because I've stopped by that place before. Because if I'm heading up for to, to the island to drop Christiana off at, uh, at 
you know, uh, for, for Girl Scouts or just going to the UP, sometimes I will stop by the Meyer in Mount Pleasant to grab some donuts or some caffeine. And it's just a weird place. Yeah, one, one time I went in there and there was this guy insisting on going in without a shirt. And I swear to God, he was hairier than a grizzly bear. Um, I thought you had to wear a shirt in Meyer. Yeah, you usually do. Because it's you okay. know, no shirt, no shoes, no service type of thing. But this guy was insisting he would be able to go in because it's Meyer, And that's what he wanted to do. And maybe he was going in to try to find something that would shave the hair off on his back or whatever. But I'm telling you, the man was hairy as can be. Well, this story has leaves so many questions for me. First of all, why would another employee splash anything on another employee on purpose? But also, where did the jar full of feces and urine come from it t- I, I would imagine it takes a lot of planning to come up with that i mean he's probably saving or whatever i'm assuming it's a he could have been a she i don't know whoever this person is um probably was collecting for a bit to make sure they had the right amount to you know make the point that they were trying to make i mean if you're gonna put that much planning into it i really hope there was glitter in the jar too there's the shout out for Carol Pickleman, glitter. I wonder, um, you know, at least since the employee that did it was fired immediately, I hope that they got whatever satisfaction out of it that they did, because now they're probably going to be charged with a crime in addition to being fired from their job. Here's another scary thought. What if they need to do a DNA test to confirm that the person who threw it did it, but the DNA doesn't come back as that person's? That's even... Then there's a whole set of other questions that I have, and I don't think we have time for that. No, no, but hey. Anyway, here's the lesson, folks. Mount Pleasant, Myers, very strange place. Hairy people and bottles of poop being thrown about. So that's not the lesson I took from, from this. The lesson I took from this is don't throw jars of urine and feces on your coworkers or you're going to get fired. What the F and what, Mount Pleasant Meyer employee? So I suppose that Dave could do this introduction better than I can since he lives with her, but I'll take this one. I just call this the art of delegation. So Christiana Wortham's is a junior at Kalamazoo Central High School where she's enjoying a 4.3 GPA. So she's clearly smarter than her dad. She's been a member of the Kalamazoo Marching Giants Color Guard for three years, serving as co-captain this year. So she's also a part of the Kalamazoo Central National Honor Society, again, showing that she's smarter than her dad. In addition to that, she's been in the Girl Scouts since grade school and has earned her bronze award. She's also been part of the Girl Scouts Honor Guard for the last five years. And she's been awarded one presidential medallion of honor by a certain JCI Michigan state president from Kalamazoo. So we're so happy to have you on the show to talk with us about cookies and honor guard and whatever we end up talking about. So welcome Christiana Wortham's. It's nice to be here. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Doing the whole podcast. 
Yeah. In her own house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we, we got a lot of excitement from people because they heard you were going to sell Girl Scout cookies this year. Is that right? Probably, yeah. Okay, so tell us about that. Um, so, Girl Scout cookies um, cost 5 to $6. Most of them are $5, except for um, Toffee-tastics and S'mores. Those are the $6 ones. Um, and if you want to get some, you can order them um, online or through, like, me. Um, online orders are due this Saturday, though, so gotta, like, kind of hurry up. Um, but they do arrive the week of Valentine's Day, so that's nice. Okay, so, uh, you talked about Toffee-tastic and stuff like that, so my favorites are tree foils because I'm a boring kind of guy. Um, really? What... That's your favorite? It is. I'm boring. Wow, okay. Yeah. What, what, what is your favorite clock? Uh, Dosidos are actually my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Um... You know, I never, I know a lot of people like Thin Mints, um, but I never really liked them until a few years ago. Like they, I just don't normally like chocolate and mint together, but I feel like my palate's changed a little bit now that I do like it. So I've kind of added those back into the mix, but yeah, I placed my order the other day. So, <laughs> well, thank you. So Welcome. What, so what is your favorite C? Um, I like Toffee-tastics and s'more, or Samoas, um, although Thin Mints are really good cold, and, like, tree foils are, like, the original, so they're always, they're always good. So, Christiana, you've been part of the Girl Scout Honor Guard for quite a few years now, um, so tell us about what that is and what it's like. Um, so Honor Guard is where a group of girls, well, a troop of girls, and, um, Boy Scouts, so Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts go up to, um, Mackinac Island for a week. Um, over the summer to kind of like serve and help out around the island. Um, so we usually have like selection training sometime in May. And then if we get selected, then we have um, actual training June and July. And then for my troop, at least, we go up sometime in August, usually like the last, like the later part of August. What are the sort of things that you have to do when you go to selection training? Um, we play a lot of games and we do like little introductions and like about me's kind of things. Um, and then depending on like what you want to try out for, like if you want to be a part of junior leadership, which is like a step down from like the actual adult leadership, um, you might have like an interview either that weekend or, um, the June weekend. So what's your favorite memory from all the years you've been up on Mackinac Island with the Honor Guard? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, it's been a couple of years because we couldn't really go up for the past two years because of COVID. Um... But I think my first year, we um, we went a little hayride during one of like our game nights because we have game nights a couple, di- uh, couple nights on the island. Um, so yeah, I we went on a hayride. I brought my camera along and I took some pictures of like either my friends or like, just, like the views around us. It's kind of cool. And what sort of things do you do during your week on the island? Um, you said like you help out. Do you, do you, uh, is it like just trash pickup at the park? Is it... Uh, you know, do you do you still do stuff for the horses? What what all do you, do you do while you're you're on the island for that week? Um, no horses, although that that would be kind of cool. Um, but we do do like service projects. Um, two or three years ago, we did do uh, trash pickup in the park. Um, we also do like trash hikes where we go on the trails and we also pick up trash there. 
Um, but our, like, our main duties are we raise more flags every single day and night on the island. Um, and we have guideposts where we are either placed in the fort or, um, in the downtown houses, just, like, around the island. Um, and we're there to basically, like, serve the visitors and, like, help out in case they, like, need, have any questions or just, like, like need anything. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bring in a, a little discussion about marching band um, because I was a marching band nerd when I was in high school myself. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, this is your, you just finished your third year in marching band, I'm I, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, so you've got one more year left. Um, how have you liked it so far? And I know you don't play an instrument, but you're in the color guard. So um, I know there's a whole lot more work <laughs> for color yeah. guard members than there is for people who play instruments. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that in the Kalamazoo Central Marching Giants. Um, it was pretty cool. Um, since it is my third year, I don't like I've had a lot of experience. Um, this last year was kind of a change though because our old director, um, I love him, um, but he retired. So we had we got a new director and we got a new um, guard instructor. So that was a huge change. Um, but yeah, we go up to competitions, like, every weekend, well, like, every weekend during, like, the first trimester of school, um, and we perform for awards. Um, this year we didn't really get any awards just because, like, the huge change was, like, hard to get used to. Um, but yeah, we also, we perform during football games. Um, but yeah, for Color Guard, it was, it's pretty fun. It was, like, it's my one of, one of my favorite, um, pastimes. And this was your first year as a co-captain, right? Yes. So what's like the, the cool thing about being a co-captain, particularly when you're like at the competitions? What do you get to do? Um, I kind of feel like an older sister because like I don't really have, well, I have my older brother, but besides that, I don't really have any other uh, siblings. Um, but it was kind of like I got to look after all the girls. I got to make sure like their makeup is like on, on point. Um, and then I just like, yeah, I got to look after them. So it's cool. For those of you that don't know Marching Band, um, the Color Guard usually has some pretty cool costumes and they have some pretty amazing makeup um, that they all wear. So yeah, that's really, that is really important because you do have to be able to see it from, you know, the press box and, <laughs> and that's part of, part of that. It's like a theater makeup in, in some ways. So, um, but I understand too, that the, the announcer for your Marching Band is some guy. <laughs> Yeah, I happen to know him. He may or may not be my dad. Yeah, whatever. I am your dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just clarify that. <laughs> I am your father. I was really confused there for a second. But all right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of fun uh, doing that this year. Even in even in those competitions, uh, I think it was Hastings where it was really raining. Ooh, yeah, that yeah. was that was a lot of fun. I was I was glad to be in the press box then. That was not fun for me. <laughs> yeah, those bad. kind of days are not fun at all. I remember a, a time we went to a competition and it was raining all day. We had two in one day in the Grand Rapids area, one in Jenison and one in Rockford. And multiple people fell like the first the first competition of the day. And we our band wore white pants. Oh, um, so falling in mud with white pants on, not a good deal for the later show. So it, yeah. it is what it is, but that's all we had. Um, during homecoming this year, like it every single year it rains on homecoming. It's just kind of like a thing, like weather wise. 
Um, but it was raining this year as well, obviously. Um, and our costumes this year, we had like a, not a tulle, but like a really like a see-through red uh, skirt, which was so cute. I loved it. But um, part of our, one of the songs, we're on the ground, like doing like floor work. So we're dancing and the skirts got ruined. It was, it was so bad. I want to go back to cookies for a little bit because um, that, again, people were very excited about that. Uh, I know you said online orders end this Saturday, um, but um, when you when you go out and you sell cookies of like D&W or well, we've been at D&W, been a couple of different places in, mm-hmm. in town, uh, what does the money go towards uh, from all the cookie sales? Um, so part of the sale, um, part of the proceeds go back to the organization. Um, but the stuff that the money that we do keep, we are saving up to go on a senior trip, um, since all of us are in our senior years, uh, or will be in our senior year. Um, but yeah, we are planning on going either up north or like somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Cool. Cool. And then going back to Honor Guard real quick, if, um, somebody wanted to get involved with the Honor Guard, uh, how would they reach out to someone to turn in an application or find out how to turn in applications? Um, so there is a website. I can't really remember the name of it right now. Um, but there is a website where they have the application linked in like the little um, description box. And there is a video that's also linked to tell you more about the um, organization. And depending on where you are, they might have like little info nights, which is where I learned about like on our guard. Like, um but yeah, they'll have an info night where you can like ask questions. They'll have like little um, slideshow or like the video, um, and that's yeah. And uh, who's the person who's like in charge of the whole thing? Brenda. Brenda Coleman. One of the things that I was amazed by was how well you guys march, and like, but how well you march. And how different it is from, like, military marching. Because, like, you have to hold your hands a certain way, right? Yeah, we have to hold our fing- our, our hand, like, um, on the inside of our fingers. And, like, we can't swing them. So we just have to, like, be like little soldiers. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. How, how tough is it to march up and down the hill by the fort? Um, you take lots of breaks. Um... But, like, once you'll have practice through um, the, like, June and July training, so you'll kind of get used to it. Um, because everywhere we go, we um, we stay at a Girl Scout camp, um, so we're outdoors, like, all the time. Um, but everywhere you go, you have to march. And, like, once you're in your little um, patrol groups, like, you'll get to know, like, know more about, like, marching and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, luckily there's, like, a little um, lookout point in, like, in the middle of the hill. And we all kind of, like, just, like, go to chill because it is so hard. And how old do you have to be to be a part of Honors Guard? Ooh. Either 11 or 12. And then at the top end, you can be in it until you're... You can be in it until the summer before college. Okay. So you've got two years? This year and next year? Yeah. Or this year, next year? Well... This year, next year. Cool. Cool. How's school going? It's Okay. It's okay. She says with a 4.3 GPA. <laughs> it's just okay. With a 4.3 GPA. Mm-hmm. I your... think it's going fine. <laughs> eh, we'll so what's your, what's, what's your favorite class right now that you're taking? Women's studies. Women's studies. Cool. Yeah. Yay! 
Yeah. And you're taking a CTE course, though, right now, right? Yes, health science. Health science. So you're able to learn, be like a nurse and stuff like that. So if I, like, pass out in the middle of this interview, you could, like, try to resuscitate me or something? I'll try, but it might not end well. Sorry. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> So the last time I think I asked you and Maddie about this, you had mentioned that the first thing you guys were learning in CTE was uh, hand proper hand washing. Uh, um, what have you learned since then that's really kind of cool? Um, we learned proper CPR. So we are CPR certified. Um, we also learned patient positioning. So like if a patient has like back surgery, for example, we'll le- like learn how to like lay them out on the bed so they're comfortable and they we don't cause them more harm. But not that we're already causing them harm. That's no. Um, but yeah, and then right now we are working on cultural diversity. So we're doing a project on like the different cultures, different religions. Um, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, we had our um, clinical, which is a part of our final that we just did. Um, and that was like for um, for the clinical, we had to do the pre- um, hand washing. We had to put on the correct PPE, um, which is like personal protective equipment. Um, and then we had to like look at the patient charts, see if we have the right patient, then like knock on their door, like do the whole like whole shebang. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. That's really cool. Well, let's give us give us one more plug for why we should buy Girl Scout cookies from V. Christiana Worthings. Um, well, one, they're really good. Um, and I don't know, like we, we'd like to have some more money to go up north if we do go up north. Um, and just like hang out and chill. Very cool. Yeah. Well, see, thank you for letting me embarrass you by having you on the (laughs) podcast. I mean, I know your dad embarrasses you every day, but Mm. that's just normal. Yeah. (laughs) So, fans, uh, look for the website that we will put on the Facebook page uh, when this episode goes up. Make sure that you order by Saturday... 22nd. 22nd. Anyway, Saturday the 22nd, make sure you order plenty of trifos. Help out Christiana and her Girl Scout group. uh, Troop. Help out the Girl Scouts. And uh, if you are on the island in August, uh, all things, you know, being equal... Keep your eye out for Christiana because she'll be probably hanging out with a Girl Scout honor guard by the fort. Yep. So thanks a lot, C. Great job, kid. Thank you. Yes, thanks so much for showing up. You know, COVID is making people do some seriously stupid things. You think? Totally. And while the stupid things typically come from Florida, this one comes from somewhere else. The great state of Texas. A Houston mother, who is a teacher in the Cypress Fairbanks School District, just northwest of Houston, was a little bit freaked out when her son tested positive for COVID at school. As any parent might consider doing, she took her son to get a second opinion that confirmed the positive test. That seems fair enough. Right. But here's where it goes off the rails. She heads to a drive through testing site, and as she pulls up, she explains to the officials there that her son needs a second test. They look in the car, and, they, and, and her son wasn't in the back seat. Wasn't in the front seat. 
Where is he? asked the official. Oh, he's in the trunk, she says. The mother told the official she put her son in the trunk to prevent her from getting exposed to COVID-19 while taking him for additional testing. The official then asked to see her son, according to the Houston Chronicle, telling her that he couldn't be tested until he was in the back seat. So she opened up the trunk to show the child lying inside, according to court documents. The official then left to find a police officer. And by the time she returned, the boy was indeed sitting in the back seat. At the end of the day, the mother was charged with endangering a child and has been placed on administrative leave from the school district. And they were able to do the second test, which did come down positive. So there's an update to this story from last Thursday. Um, she had the probable cause hearing and apparently the judge said there was no probable cause to charge her with child endangerment. So she was discharged. Must be a Texas thing. I'm not really sure, but the district attorney's office says that there could be more charges coming in the future. Well, all right. So in order to make sure that you're staying away from COVID in Texas, where you can carry big guns, you can throw your kid in the trunk and that'll keep the COVID away from you, apparently. I just know I've been to Texas once for the Cotton Bowl, 2016, go Broncos. Great time. And um, yeah, I didn't have any desire to put Christiana or Alex in the trunk while we were down there. They may have wanted to put me in the trunk, but probably that's just, you know, the way it I'm goes. I'm pretty sure anyone who's been to a football game with you wants to put you in the trunk. Well, now we know that uh, when we're in Texas, you can get away with it without probable cause because what the F and what. So that's a wrap on episode number five, right? Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yes, yes. Thank you all very much. You know, this thing keeps growing. We're international now. Why do I have a feeling you're about to hit us with some more podcast stats? Because I am. Of all the different times that our podcast has been downloaded or connected to, 99% of those come from the United States. And 1% come from India. In fact, the Andhra Pradesh district to be specific 81 percent of the listens come from michigan and it breaks down like this uh 21 percent from troy 17 percent from redford go dirty uh 13 from kalamazoo nine percent from lansing petoskey and plainwell are tied at six percent and then rounding out the field dewitt livonia grand blank and grand rapids tied at four percent Florida accounts for another 7% of our listeners, with another 5% coming from California. I wonder if we'll start to get more listeners if you keep stalking the stats like this. Maybe. But if we go door-to-door, maybe we'll get more listeners. And it is an even-numbered year, so people should be ready for door-to-door. Also, we're still needing to get more younger listeners, as we're still at 63% of our listeners are aged 35 to 44, according to Spotify, and 38% are aged 45 to 59. Well, excellent. We brought the age bracket down a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, still need the younger listeners, just like the JCs need younger members. You keep saying that every week. (laughs) It's going to stick one of these days. Right. 
But in the meantime, friends, if you see something that makes you go, what the F and what, drop us a line so we can mention you as a special correspondent. So follow the show on social media at facebook.com slash what the F and what. No punctuation. On anchor at anchor.fm slash WTEW. On the web at what the F and what.wordpress.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash DQWorthams, on Twitter at DQWorthams, and come join me for my trivia live on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. at Buddy's in Portage, Michigan. I've heard a rumor he's a decent host, but there's also a dreaded round five. People love the dreaded round five because it might lead to Nickelback. I think you like to tell yourself that. You can also follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash a clock and on Instagram at fallingstar924 and at geekgirlreadsitall. So from the home office in Kalamazoo, Michigan and the remote office in Okemos, Michigan, remember, go blue, go Broncos. We'll see you later. Today's intro music was Take Me Home Tonight, performed by Eddie Money, featuring Ronnie Spector. Find out more about the Girl Scouts Honor Guard by visiting the Girl Scouts Heart of Michigan on the web at gshom.org and clicking on the Mackinac Island Honor Guard tab.